Welcome to the Soulless Church Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Our passion as a church community is to see Jesus at the center of all things. For more sermon content and information, check out soullesschurch.com. Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Our Father, we come before you one more time here in your presence, thankful for a moment to to listen to you. We thank you, God, that you are not a quiet or mute or silent God, as, as you call all the other idols and false gods of this world. But you're a God who in your love communicates to the world, and you do it for and to your people in a special way, in a life-changing way, in such a way, God, that we're transformed when you talk to us. And that is why we are here, God. Not to hear the vision of man, not to hear the plans of of some just local church organization, but but God, we're, we're gathered here for the same reason we're here every Sunday, because we want to hear what the Spirit is saying to us, the church. So first of all, we just say, Holy Spirit, come now through the power of your word to speak to us. And Holy Spirit, create within us hearts to receive what you want to say. Give us ears to hear what you want to say, for we're here for you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, of course, as I pray for the Holy Spirit to lead our time, my iPad dies and crashes. So I'm using my mini phone here, and this is going to be just, we're going to be just fine. And uh, I'm just going to have to give a quick word to Anthony in the back. Let's give it up for Anthony on the slides today. All right. Normally, if you haven't noticed, I run my own slides through the iPad up here. And so today, we're just, we're all trusting in Jesus this morning, okay? Um, Say a prayer for Anthony. Okay. Okay. no, hey, I just want to give a heads up. It's 10.55. Normally, we're starting this moment at 10.30. We had a little bit of a delay today, and so I cannot guarantee that we will be out of this room at 11.30. What I can guarantee is it will be worth it. Okay. I believe some of you. Um, so, anyway. Well, today is, as I mentioned, Vision Sunday. Vision Sunday. And I want to just start by speaking to what I think is a, a major tension that any local church is trying to, to find balance in as they are giving vision and sharing vision and seeking vision for what God has for their church in their time and place. And I would kind of sum it up uh, as a balance between these two things. Uh, it's a theological emphasis in tandem with a practical emphasis. We're trying to find a... a a harmony as a church between a vision that is theological, in that it is rooted in and based on what God has to say about the church, 
we also want to make sure that we don't get so theological that we're not practical. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what the balance of this is like in your life as well? We can sometimes reduce the Christian life to being one of these two things, either just being a set of practical things to do and practical outcomes and, and, and sort of like uh, even uh, earthly metrics, or we can just get lost in like big, high, and lofty concepts. And we don't want to divorce those two things. We want to have a nice, robust union. In our vision for church, let me, let me say first that our vision, anything I'm going to share with us today about where we're headed, let me say this, it must be theological. In that it must be of and from and for God. Are you with me? Where we go wrong in the church is when we remove the theological element of church and we think that we have the liberty to make church whatever we want it to be. But we're reminded that Jesus said this, I will build whose church? My church. It's his church. Just like it's your home and you have the liberty to set the tone and the direction and the agenda and the culture and the norms of your home. This is Jesus' family. And what he says about the church is what matters most. Amen? Now, we also, listen, must have a practical vision. We must have a vision that's not just theological, but also is rooted in practicing the way of Jesus. That's rooted in taking what's true and putting it to the ground level. It might start at 30,000 feet above, but it has to zoom in and be coupled together with life in the real world. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, the, like, at the end of the day, you'll probably forget half of the big terms and concepts that I say. But the question is, how are we equipping you to follow Jesus tomorrow in your workplace? And how is it equipping you to follow Jesus this Thursday when you're getting into a conflict with your spouse? You know, like, that's where it must eventually go. And so I want to just say that, um, let me say this. This is really hard. It's, first of all, it's hard to lead a church, period, because churches are filled with people and you're a person, too. So that makes it all sorts of fun, okay? But it's even harder when we seek to make these two things work together well. Uh, We are nowhere, I I would say like though we've made some great progress, there's probably a lot of work to go. Um, I've heard one of the best descriptions I've heard of church planning is, and you've heard me say this probably a million times, but it's been said that church planning is like building a plane while it's in the air. You ever felt the turbulence of being at Solus before? You ever felt that? Like, oh, are we going to fall? Is everything okay? Trust me, I felt it as the pilot, like figuring out how to fly the thing. You know what I'm saying? And so there's so much of church that's that. And just kind of along the way, trusting Jesus that he's given us just just, uh, enough of what we need to get through the next week and the next day. And um, I think what we've noticed in the past six years is that God has just been faithful to do that. He's been faithful to define our values, to define what we're called to do. We're not the church here in South Florida. We are a church, one of many, with a unique calling in our time. And so, um, yeah, uh, I want to just thank you, first of all, as we kind of review last year and go into the new year, I want to just thank a lot of you for your willingness to really walk the journey with us as we're figuring out what God's called us to do. It's so easy to, to honestly, it's so easy to not be at a young church. 
It's so easy to show up where things are more developed. I mean, genuinely, and a lot of people, that's their season of life where God is, maybe you have family that in the needs of the ministry and the needs of your family require a more robust youth ministry. Right now we got my mate Jordan in there with Judah and a couple of his buddies doing what they can. But maybe you're like, I need something, and that's okay. And in fact, sometimes church plants exist to reach people that go on to be developed and discipled in larger churches, and that's happened. Um, But I just want to say that I feel, and I genuinely mean this, I feel so thankful for the community of people that have rode this hard road for the past six years to just really say, God, I don't know what's happening here, but I sense you've called me here, and we're excited to follow you together for whatever that is. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Um, I'm not crying. You're crying, okay? Okay. uh, and, and I genuinely mean that, um, and uh, it's, it feels like such a joy uh, to be in battle with people that still have their hand on the plow and are saying, I'm not here because of this, this year, this or this, but guys, we're all here. If you're here, you're here for the same reason I'm here. God has called me here, and, and I'm going to follow him through that, um, and so I just want to thank you for those that have endured the turbulence. Thank you. Thank you for being patient and gracious and having vision to see who God is making solace to be. And not reducing your vision to where Solus is at. Thank you for doing that. That means, that means more than you'll ever know. Now, let's get into some of this stuff. Uh, you have, uh, obviously by now, you've hopefully, you've understood that our vision as a church, you know, when I talk about our general vision, it's to make disciples of Jesus. And, and that's our general vision. Our vision statement, Anthony, you could throw up our vision statement. Here's how we say it. Uh, our vision statement is to make disciples that live in the way of Jesus for the good of our neighbors and the glory of God. Now, this is our general vision, and this is not something that we took too much time to think up because it comes right from what we just read there in Matthew 28. I mean, this is Jesus' vision for his church. Uh, and we, we say here at Solus that, like, we want to be Jesus-centered. Well, one of the most practical ways that we can center around Jesus, and this is a key important aspect of leading a church, is to align our desired ministry outcomes with his, with his vision. I mean, really what Vision Sunday should just be like, what is Jesus, what's his vision? What's Jesus saying? I've heard it well said that Jesus' church doesn't have a vision, but Jesus' vision has a church. I love that. And, and we saw it there in the verses that Renee read over us in Matthew 28. You could throw them up again, Anthony. Jesus is in Matthew 28, verse, you could do verse 19 and 20. In Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus is sending his disciples out to give him glory. That's John 15. Go glorify God. That's his vision. Go glorify God and bless the world. That's why we're here as well. We're here to glorify God. That's, that's our number one goal before anything else is to give God glory. And two, it's to be a blessing to the world, to carry the blessing of the kingdom of God into every single corner of South Florida. That's, that's our goal as the, as the local and even global church here. And Jesus' vision for how this would happen is he sends the disciples out, and he sends them out to go and make disciples, baptize people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and to teach them to observe all the things that I've commanded. So here's Jesus' vision, and we see it play out in the book of Acts. Um, The disciples were sent out to do so much more than just good charity work, good social work. Uh, We we see that that was a part of what they were doing. We also see that they they were to do so much more than just proclaim the gospel. That, that is a fundamental part of what the church is called to do, is to announce the good news of the kingdom, that, that God has made a way for humans to be right with God and saved. But, but all of that plays a part in a bigger vision. The ultimate vision that the disciples had 
was to form communities, local churches, through the gospel, where those people who have come to Jesus would learn to live according to the ways of Jesus together. That's his vision. I mean, that's why we're here at Sola. So back to that mission statement. This is why we exist. Go back to that vision statement. We exist as a church to make disciples. That's why we're here. To form Christians. To live in the way of Jesus. The result of that is to be a blessing to our neighbors and to give God glory. It's why we are doing, listen, any and everything we're doing. And it's why we won't be doing anything that keeps us from this purpose. This is our center focus in our crosshairs. We're here. If you're here, if God's called you here, you are a part of a work that God's doing to make disciples, to develop Christians. And here's how we uh, identify this, to live in the way of Jesus. Now, if I could like snap my fingers, if we could say a prayer and something could happen, it would be that we're a community of people that are living in the way of Jesus. That's what we're after. Now, that's technical terminology. It's even buzzwordy a little bit. The way of Jesus is kind of hip these days. If you go on our website and you go to the about section, you can read what are our four pillars. Anthony, if you want to throw those up, and I'm not going to, knowing me, these are already wordy enough. They come from my words and and Kyle's as well. And so I'll just kind of allude to them. If you go on our website, you can read about these four, what we'll call like discipleship marks. Like this is what we're hoping you and I are becoming more of. We're people of rooted identity in the gospel, know who we are, sons and daughters of God. Word, spirit, unity. That we approach God's word with a unified, or we approach God's spirit in his word with a unified and yielded approach. So we're submitted to God's word, yet also sensitive to his spirit. Finding that union there. We want to be people of formational community that are growing in Jesus intentionally together, interdependently through community. And then lastly, kingdom ministry. Again, if there's like a Christian that we could make by the snap of our fingers, if if there's a Christian I could be, I'm, I'm in this with you guys. Jesus is the main discipler here, okay? And as we follow him, I want to be a person that's rooted in who I am through the gospel. I want to be a person that has a, I live with this healthy balance and union between the, the authority of God's word that I'm submitted to and, and yielded to the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. I want to be a person that is becoming more like Jesus through the relationships he's put in my life and in my church through all of you. And I want to be a person marked by kingdom ministry. Here's what that looks like for us. To be people that have surrendered their lives and all that comes with it to the purposes of God in your life, in the world, and in the church. So this is like what we're trying to cook up in the lab, if you feel me, okay? This is what we're trying to develop. These are the kind of disciples we're trying to make. Unless I keep talking about it, I'm not supposed to. Let's move on to this big key question, which is really what I want to focus on this morning. And that is this question. How are we seeking to do this? This is what Vision Sunday is all about. Again, you can go online, read more in depth about what we're after. But really, um, as it's been well said, um, the the real goal at the end of the day is strategy and culture. How are we actually building towards that end goal? What is our strategy? Uh, Even, again, our theological and practical strategy. I think the, those two tensions really play in here. When we're like, okay, how are we making disciples? Well, what's, what, what does the scripture give us to form a vision for how to make disciples? And then in our time and place, there's like a historic thing. We don't want to divorce ourselves from the roots of our tradition as the church. But also, we are living in, I still haven't got used to saying this yet, it's 20, what is it? 24. Okay. First time saying that out loud. All right. 
And in this time, in this cultural moment, in this South Florida climate, an interesting time, um, it's an election year, hello, um, if anybody's looking to be an interim pastor at Solace, by the way, for the second half of this year, just let me know, but... Practical. So, so what is it? How are we seeking to do this theologically and practically? Uh, and in the past, we've called this our pathway, but this time around, we're going to call it our rhythms. So, if you want to throw those up, Anthony, our rhythms. Um, and just a quick word before I talk about these. So, the reason why we want to move away from the phrase pathway is because we, um, we don't want these to be seen as progressive steps to get you higher along or further along in solace. That's not what they are. We are trying to create a spiritual pathway here. That's what, one of the things we've been working on this year is like how do we chart someone's journey of following Jesus wherever they're at to wherever God's calling them in our community. So that's something we're working on. Um, and we're, we've got a lot of headway. We've made a lot of headway. But we've got a lot to go with that. But just kind of charting someone's spiritual progress, their stage of discipleship and such. Uh, but we want to use the phrase rhythms. Our strategy for how we make disciples is as a church, we lead the church, we together, to adopt these four collective rhythms. Think of, think of these four things, gathering, connecting, growing, and going, as practices that make up a shared rule of life for our community. Does that make sense to you? A shared rule of life. That's what we see actually in the book of Acts with the early church. That they have fixed, you know, hours of prayer that they're gathering together. They all have their career. Like, you have your career. You have your life. You have your family. You have your pursuits. You have your, your football team that you're rooting for, go Dolphins. But you have, whatever you have, you have your, your, your life. And we saw that in Acts. These people, they had their life, but they were able to live who God's called them to be in culture while also being someone that was a part of something bigger than themselves in a community. That, that they would do the, they had these rhythms. They would meet house to house. They would meet, uh, they would gather on the Lord's day. They would, they would uh, abide in prayer and worship. There were these collective rhythms, these shared rules of life that would make up the calendar of the early church that were there for formation. So you and I are developed not, not by our desires, but by our forms, by our structures, by our rhythms. Your desires alone won't make you this year who you want to be physically. We know that. And I've got those personally, okay? On the other side of my desires to get to my goal, there has to be some rhythm. There has to be a plan. There has to be a structure. I've got to commit to something. And Jimmy, I didn't plan on saying it, but Jimmy and I right now are, are, are just in the early stages. This is for accountability, bro. That's why I'm telling everybody, okay? We started this thing called Hard 75. You ever heard of this? few things. Number one, it's hard. <laughs> Second thing, it, it takes 75 days. And there's just this list of, of 10 pages of reading, two workouts a day, one outside, uh, clean eating, gallon of water a day, um, and a few other things. Anyway, that's, that's give, Jimmy gave me a big thumbs up with this smile of like, we, I think we can do this. Now, by the way, it's become hard 70. Thank God. We're five days in. Hard 60. I don't know what it is. Okay. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I did it for six days. Okay. But do you understand the need in our lives for structure like that? that? What that's providing me, listen, is a trellis 
to flourish spiritually, to, to flourish in this year physically. That would be the goal. But that's what, the, that's what these rhythms are. Our rhythm, we don't just do church because it's what Christians do and it's the religious thing to do. You watch football on Sunday and you go to church. No. Get a vision for why you're here. You're following Jesus. He saved you and rescued you and gathering with the people of God is a central part of who he's making you to be. That's the idea. So these rhythms, gather, connect, grow, and go. This is what we do. Another way to say this is we gather around Jesus. That's one of our rhythms. We connect. No, you can go back still. I'm still going through those. Sneak peek. We connect through Jesus. We grow in Jesus, and we go with Jesus. So this is the vision that we had last year. God gave us this as a vision for how to be formed as a community, and this is what we have this year. So now what I want to do is move into the theological and practical aspects of this. Again, I'm going to use some big words, but then I'm going to get into some of the practical ways that we're doing it. Um, And so I want to start by giving you the comprehensive aspect of this. That way we could always distill it and make it simpler. I mean, in its simplest form, we gather, connect, grow, go. But here's the theological and practical implications of this. Here's the first mouthful, okay? Uh, You could find this on our website. Throw up gather for us. Here's the first thing. As a church, our first and most, we could almost say one of our most primary rhythms is that we gather around Jesus. This is some theology about who we are as a church, as a unified assembly, to recenter our lives and abide in his word. Why do, we, why do we pay a lease to Palm Beach County, which I won't get into the joys and the pains of working with Palm Beach County, but why do we do this? Why do we, why do we spend so much time each week and, and, and we, we, we labor through the cost and the effort to setting up and tearing down a middle school to creating a safe and, and helpful spaces for kids to develop spiritually. Why, why are we doing all of this? We're doing this not because it's our idea, but because this is who God says we as the church are called to be, a unified assembly. We're a unified assembly. This is one of the terms that's used in First Chronicles. Israel is called the assembly of God. Um, it, it literally, the word assembly literally means the, the, the gathered together ones. This is the biblical idea of God's people. Um, it's really common today, I think because of the lack of organic freedom of the Holy Spirit and how, we, how over-organized churches become, the big rebellious reaction today in the church is, is to just assume, it's kind of like a big idea, it's like, we're the bride of Christ. That's like the only definition of the church a lot of the next generation knows. I'm the bride of Christ, I'm the church, you're the church, we're the church, here's my ukulele, let's go down to the beach and have church, okay? And, and there's truths to the fact that there is one true, visible, from heaven church, the redeemed people of God. But that church exists to glorify God and what he's done in their lives collectively by gathering around him to make visible to the world the fact that we're the people of God by grace through faith. So that's why we gather. It's a picture of reflecting who he is. We see this in the Old Testament. I'll throw up Psalm 111, 1. David says this. This is about Israel. Praise the Lord. I'll praise the Lord with my whole heart. Notice this. In the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. This is what Israel existed to do as a light to the other nations. They would physically assemble themselves. Now, when they were, the, when they were scattered and they weren't gathered, they were still Israel. 
But their expression to the glory of God, making known what God has done visibly to the world, was there when they were gathered together. They would gather together to show the world who God is and also to recenter around him. Uh, And this is a, a word that's used of the church in the book of Acts. Throw up that verse in Acts. It says, then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. This is right at Saul's conversion. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. Notice this. So it was that for a whole year, they assembled with the church and taught a great many people. And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Notice this. The first time a Christian is called a Christian, it's in the context of the church. It's in the context of the assembled, gathered people of God for which there is no substitute. There's something that happens when a local family of God assembles themselves around their Savior. A promise that even Jesus made was that when two or more are gathered in his name, he is there in the midst of them. He is to be especially found when God's people who he's redeemed and saved and reconciled together unite around him in worship and in praise and celebration of his grace. 2020 was one of the worst years for this. Not just because of the lack of our ability to gather together, but because how the enemy used it to catalyze and send off people into their own biases, to isolate even more. You know, I don't go to church anymore. I do digital church. I watch online. That doesn't exist. We've, We've created that. Now, there are times, there are limits, there are, there, are, there are real challenges that keep people from physically assembling with the people of God that we need to acknowledge and recognize. And the early church would be diligent to go visit those people and care for them and keep them as involved as possible. But if you have reduced your church experience with how you engage with a local organization digitally, you are not united with the people of God. You're not assembling with the people of God. There's meant to be something special that happens when we physically come together for which there is no substitute. Any amens to that? Go back to that definition of why we do this as a church, and I'll move on to the next one. So we gather around Jesus as a unified assembly. We do this every Sunday morning. Why do we do this? Other than just to show the word that God has saved us, we make visible what's invisible, that we're the people of God. But we do this because, listen, We need to. I need this rhythm. I need a weekly practice where I'm with the people of God and I'm I'm not at the center. You with me? Because my whole life, I'm at the center. My whole week, I'm at the center. We get here and it's like, no, Jesus, you're at, let's align with reality. You're at the center of the universe. You're at the center of my life. And you're at the center of this church. So we gather to recenter around him and to abide in his word, as Jesus said, to live in his word. We open up the Bible because Jesus said freedom's found on the other side of abiding in God's word, not on the other side of a spiritual TED talk, not on the other side of a a little pick-me-up inspiration. No, no, no. We're not here for the words of man. We're here to open God's word and say, God, what do you have to say that's going to edify and exhort and comfort and free me? We we come together to abide in his word, to to live throughout the week into his word. A couple ways that we do that. I told you I got a lot for you today. How do we gather? We do it through worshipful service. The funniest thing is I just said I'm going to move on to the next one. (laughs) Um, Not yet. All right. How do we gather? We gather first in worshipful service. So we serve the Lord. We serve each other. 
That's 1 Corinthians 14. It's how the church is gathering. They all have gifts and, 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 we're, and, and different graces, and we're serving each other. Um, can I remind you that, listen, listen to this point, okay? This is your home church especially. Serve teams at Solace don't exist for a few people to do a couple need-tos so that the church can come to church. That's not why serve teams exist. Set up, worship, greeting, hospital, all, all the different moving parts of our gathering. Serve teams are not there so that a few other people can go to church. Serving is how we gather. Think about this. It's actually how we gather around Jesus. We're not here to serve ultimately anyone except Jesus. That's why we do it. So we also, we gather in worship, musical praise. We sing to him as the scriptures command us. We gather in loving fellowship. We make you, after worship, get up out of your seat and make some friends and say hi and ask them what their resolutions are and stuff, okay? Then we, we, we spend time in biblical exploration. We spend time each week. We open God's word and we say, okay, Lord, what do you, what do you have to say? More than just learning, we, we gather with spiritual receptivity and we say, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to us? Okay, that, that's what it says in the Bible, but Holy Spirit, what are you saying through your word, word to us collectively and individually? Um, and then we gather to recenter around the gospel. Now, I have to move on because I have so much to talk about. So I just want to give, if there's, if there's just a couple of things, last words I could say about this. What I have for us finally is three exhortations that I want to give to us and to you. As your pastor, that's seeking to worship Jesus here every Sunday with you, I'm here to gather around him with you. Can I give us three encouragements that I want you to make as a focus for you in our gatherings for the new year? Here's what they are, three things. Throw them up, Anthony. I want to encourage you, number one, of course he was going to say this, but I mean this, attend more frequently. Gather. Gather at least three times a month. I almost said at least weekly, but you can't do any more than that. So gather at least weekly. <laughs> That's actually the right way to say that. Attend more frequently. Convince yourself the truth that your presence here matters for everyone else. It matters. You being here today matters for the glory of God. Attend more frequently. Prioritize that alarm clock, whatever it takes. Prioritize being here. Showing up. Attend more frequently. Second thing, sing more loudly. Become the worship leaders. Let this be a year where you purpose to engage with Jesus in song. Here's a note. Stop caring about everyone else in the room. Start caring about the most important person in the room. Who you're there for. Who, calls you to, who sings over you and calls you to sing to him. Sing more loudly this year. By the way, this is a biblical command to shout to the Lord, to come before his presence with singing. And, I don't, and you're like, I don't, I'm not really a singer. I'm more, I'm more of a joyful shouter. That's more of my, my shout. I'm, I can shout joyfully. Sing? Listen, it's not the pitch. It's not the tone that makes your worship worship. It's your heart. And we will endure the tone. something happens when a room of people with off tone unite together with a loud song of praise. And that song and that noise, it overpowers any one person like Andrew, insecure about their pitch. Sing more loudly. Listen more intently this year. Maybe for you, something practical here is like start coming to church and your mindset is, I'm not there because Andrew prepared a sermon. 
I'm there because God wants to speak to me through his word. What if you showed up every Sunday, and this was your mindset, God has something to say to me today. If, if I told you that in one hour from now, God was going to call you, you'd probably have a certain posture when that phone rings, wouldn't you? You might even, you might even have a notepad there. Like, I don't want to forget this. God, this call may be recorded for quality and assurance purposes, you know? (laughs) It's funny. Um, But I guarantee you, you're going to, here's what you're not going to do. You're going to not be distracted. You're going to listen intently, aren't you? And I'm not telling you to pay more attention to my voice. I'm telling you to pay more attention to the voice of God in our gathering. What is he saying to you? Jot it down. Lean in. Be Be an active listener, not a passive one. I know some of you take your notes on your phone, and that's good, but turn your notifications off. Be present. Try this. Bring a a Bible with pages. It's awkward. It's bound in leather. It's like people are like, what is that? that, What is that book? It's a Bible. (laughs) Bring a journal. Engage. Lean in. Amen? I'm not planning on going into all this, but you guys still with me? All right. Can we do some more? Okay. Maybe deep breath or something? I don't know. Okay, let's keep going. Uh, Secondly, we connect. Here's the next mouthful. We connect through Jesus. We gather around Jesus as a unified assembly to recenter our lives and abide in his word, to recenter around him, to live more Jesus in our lives. Another rhythm we have as a church is we have this shared rule of life that involves us connecting through Jesus. Notice this, as a reconciled family to foster community and share in his grace. Uh, And by the way, these all caps two word uh, definitions are biblical ideas about the church. The church is a unified assembly. I forgot to mention this. The word church comes from the Greek ekklesia, which means gathered or assembled ones. So there's that. Um, But there's also the biblical idea that we see of the church as a reconciled family. Isn't that really interesting? The biblical idea of us in this room who are in Christ is not a bunch of randos that are seeking to be spiritual in Jesus. A bunch of random people from different backgrounds that are strangers and are, you know, our mindset is our starting point is strangers and our ending point is family. That's not the biblical idea of who we are. Did you know this, that in scripture, God's people, when they come together, whether they know each other from Adam or not, their starting point is family. Isn't that wild? Family, family. Um, there's a great book of the Bible that explains this. One day we might do a study of it. It's a New Testament book called the book of Ephesians. <laughs> and in the book of Ephesians, again, one day we'll walk through it, but in chapter 2, sorry, uh, some context, we studied the entire book of Ephesians for the full of last year, okay? We looked at this last year. For Jesus is our peace, he's made both one. Every party in this context is Jew and Gentile, which would be the biggest religious, ethnical uh, uh, separation in the kingdom of God. So that's the biggest one. And so whatever the ones we have in this room of our differences, personality differences, core value differences, fill in the blank, ethnic as well, those are nothing compared to the difference between Jew and Gentile. And Paul is talking about how our social barriers that divided us and made us different than one another, even as humanity, has been broken down in Christ to where we are now a family. Notice the work of Christ here. Um, notice this. Uh, it says that he sought to create himself one new man from the two. Go to, uh, is there another verse or is that it, Anthony? That's it, right? Maybe verse 18. 19. 
Yep, that's it. Appreciate it. Um, here's what Paul says, though. Now, therefore, you are no, listen, members of Soulless Church, you are no longer strangers and foreigners with one another, but you are fellow citizens with the saints, and you are members of the household of God. What beautiful language. The scriptures would teach us that this is who we are. Back to that second idea, Anthony, about how we connect. We connect as a reconciled family, those that God has united together through his son, Jesus. And I make this point every time we talk about this, and I just want to say it again. What this means is that our unity in Jesus supersedes our differences apart from him. Our unity in Jesus makes us closer than any of our differences could ever separate us. That's the big idea here. Now, um, how do we connect? Now, in 2023, you could throw this up here. In 2023, it was a great year of connection. Anybody feel a little bit more connected to the community here from last year at Solus? Six of you? Amen. All right. Um, it's going to be a great year. We've got vision. Now, 20, let's try that again. How many of you guys would say that you were connected here at Solus? Thank you. Thank you. Don't be shy. Fourth year, raise your hand more frequently. That's the other one the next year. Um, all right. Man, last year was a year of, what, what an awesome year. 2023 was filled with a lot of, a lot of ugly, but also a lot of glory. And uh, one of my, some of my favorite moments of this, just, of this last year was just opportunities for us to connect and foster community. And I, I love that other definition, to share in his grace together. Grace is meant, the grace of Jesus of life is meant to be shared together. That's how life was created to, to function. So this last year, we had all sorts of connect events. We had a men's trip that we did, a men's conference. We did um, uh, our, our uh, children's director, Tiffany Oster, has done an incredible job coordinating these connect events for us. We'll do our, our sixth birthday party this year, big connect event at Lake Wyman. And uh, we did all sorts of other really great things, um, great ways for us to connect as a community. Um, our fall fellowship, that was also a good time. We also tried something a little different last year. 2023 will be the year probably known as R&D. It was trial and error. Error. God really called us to try out some new things. We made some changes in our community groups, and we went to a more discipleship focus. And then we started this thing called House to House, which, like, you don't know that you, you know, shouldn't do something until after you do it. You know what I'm saying? And so, and when I say we shouldn't do something, basically what I'm saying is we found that though house to house, we do feel like it's what God called us to do last year. It, we, we did feel the limitations of what house to house um, wasn't providing. Now, house to house was essentially a fellowship-driven home group gathering that we would have all around the area. It would happen in the third week of every month. It was like a once-a-month way to connect. Uh, and so as we go into the new year, let me share a little update about what we have on the horizon this year. Um, 2024, we're going to continue to have connect events, but we're starting something new this year that we're calling connect groups. Connect groups. Now, connect groups, and because in a second I'm going to talk about formation groups, because we have really defined some almost like rigid expectations of what a formation group is, which we'll share about. It's enabled us to allow connect groups to be as like, wide open as possible. Uh, last time around, house to house was sort of restrictive. It was once a month on a certain day of the week. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't really like demographic based. So there were just some challenges. And so listen, the cries of the people have risen to the Lord. And we sense what you're sensing. <laughs> and so here's, here's what connect groups are. Here's a quick definition. Again, you can read all about this on the website. So you don't have to screenshot this right now. You can read it all later. So just give me your ears and eyes for a second. Connect groups come in a variety of different shapes and sizes with a wide range of group types. Let's start there. A wide range of group types. 
Connect groups have, have so much variety to them, we can't exactly tell you what they look like because they look like so many different things based on the demographic and the need and the leader. And, and, you know, for example, a family group, that might be a group type, might really only be able to meet once every three weeks. That's okay. That's a connect group. We wouldn't encourage uh, any less than that. So like once a month would probably be not frequent enough. But there's a variety of different types, schedules, and even focuses. Some groups might have a certain demographic, and they're focused on, uh, uh, I think of uh, one of our communities out in, Lynn, your community out there in West Boca, went through the book of Judges with Tim Keller, um, and that was a focus on a Bible. It was a Bible study focus. Other groups might just be a little bit, a little bit more fellowship-driven with, with some spiritual emphasis, but not as much. So you're getting the idea, right? Wide range, a lot of variety, a lot of different sizes. I want, to picture, I want you to picture in your head young adults groups, married couples groups, mixed groups. I mean, we got, we're going to try to have it all, all right? And so a lot of variety here, men's groups, women's groups, connect groups. Whatever they are, they exist for the ult, uh, same ultimate kingdom purpose. This year, we're praying that God uses our connect groups to help people connect to these three things, meaningful community, number one. If you're new here, where do I start? How do I really start getting connected? Man, we want to encourage you at the end of January when we launch these, we encourage you to join a connect group. That's the, that's the place that you can be brought into the family and really have some frequency and get to know some people. We also pray that through connect groups, people develop core relationships. I don't know if you remember the message last week. We talked about the difference between friendship and brotherhood. You remember that? Those core relationships in your life. People that really know you. We see this in the life of Jesus. He had the 12. And then even in the 12, Peter, James, and John had this like core thing going on. We pray that you, through connect groups, over time. This will take time. There's no rush here. Don't feel like a pressure. This isn't meant to overwhelm you. Just figure out, like, discipleship shouldn't feel like i got to add all this stuff. To, it's just like, what's your next step? A little bit more community. Get to know some more people. Maybe through that, God develops some brothers and sisters that are there to walk with you through life. And then our goal is that you would have experienced further discipleship, however that looks in those connect groups. Clear? That's for now, right? If you have any questions, um, you're just going to do me a favor and send an email to jimmy at Church. Com. Jimmy is over our connect groups. Let's celebrate Jimmy. We love him. Thank you, Jimmy. Um, and uh, we're, we're so thankful for Jimmy and the Reedy family that joined our staff last year. Aren't they doing such an awesome job? We're so thankful for them. We love them. Look, you got a double clap. That's awesome. So Jimmy's over our connect groups. Any questions can be directed to him. Jimmy at Souls Church. All right, that's connecting next year. We've only got two left. Check this out. Third one. Let's go to our third rhythm. Our third rhythm this year is we grow in discipleship, or we grow in Jesus as a discipleship community to be formed by the Spirit and walk in his ways. So, what is the church? The church is a unified assembly. Who is the church? The church is this reconciled family. And one of the rhythms we have is, is, is we connect to foster community and share in life together. And then thirdly, the church is, from Jesus' perspective, we read it there in Matthew 28, it's a discipleship community. And for a lot of us who have been in the church for a long time, our mind immediately goes, discipleship, that's me pouring into someone else. Nope, that's not what we mean. That's mentorship. Discipleship is a lifelong journey. A lot of times we take the word discipleship and we reduce it to new believers, new believer development, and, and okay, like, it can kind of be a catch-all. But when we use the term discipleship, what we mean is the lifelong process of following and becoming like Jesus. 
And none of us graduate from that. Amen? Oh, I've, I've already walked through discipleship. Now I'm here to disciple others. Now, we, we do want to reproduce leaders. And, and that is part of growing in Christ is you invest into others who God has put into you. Some of you are like, I need to lead a connect group this time around. And you'll, again, reach out to Jimmy if that's on your heart. But when we say discipleship, we're talking about the lifelong journey of growing up in Christ, growing into what it says here, being formed by the Spirit to be someone that walks in his ways. And that has to happen intentionally. Um, Look at Ephesians, just so you see the biblical basis of this. Uh, Ephesians 4.15 says, But speaking the truth in love, may the church, this is the context, grow up into all things into him who is Christ. So this is Jesus' vision for us as a church, is we wouldn't just do church services and do small groups, but this is part of why we made the change last year, is, and I've seen this a lot, I've seen this in our church. People are like, man, I love Solus, because Solus is a church that's like, it's a place where you're, no, you're going to be taught the word, and you're going to find community. And to me, at first I was like, yes, that's awesome that God's doing that here. But then over time, you know what we noticed? We noticed that learning the word and being in community, those became ends rather than a means to something else. Does that make sense? And it was like we were content hearing the word and being, being in community is not God's end goal of your discipleship. It's you, listen, first of all, it's hearing the word to respond to the word and live out the word of God in your life. And it only happens in the context of community. So we really changed a lot of things last year for this. Um, And if you want to throw up 2023, we had obviously discipleship courses. We had a parenting course last year, and we still are not sure what that's going to look like this year. But uh, essentially, let me say this too. Like the difference between like a discipleship course and a connect group that does a certain Bible study is for a a connect group, or let me say it this way, a discipleship course, basically when that course runs its, yeah, when that happens, the group ceases to meet because it was the group was built around the course. And that's okay. Like parenting groups, alpha kind of functions that way in some ways for new, new people growing in their faith. Um, but connect groups don't cease to exist when the curriculum's done. Does that make sense? That's kind of the difference. So discipleship courses, it, 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 it features a wide range of things, practical Christian living. We've done book clubs in the past that have been a part of this. See the boyums up here that were leading our gentle and lowly book club. What's up, guys? I had to give you a shout out. Love you guys. All right. And then last year we started something called, let's see if, if this brings joy in the room, formation groups. Yeah, it brought a, just a really great amount of joy, and they went really well. Now, last year, it's okay, formation groups, formation groups were intention-driven groups. That was really the big idea around them. We capped them, made them a lot smaller. They were member-organized. Uh, last year, we had uh, in our last season of groups, we had 60 people in formation groups, which was just such a win for us. In our hearts, just going, wow! Like, look at the value, of, and the value of our and the quality of our community. Really wanting to go deep and walk together uh, in, in interdependence. Uh, 2024, we're making a, a little subtle change. Okay, in 2024, we'll continue to have discipleship courses, but we're going to have formation groups 2.0. Okay? And I want you to hear us use that terminology on purpose to understand the change that we're making in formation groups. Um, I want you to think of the change we're making in formation groups. It's less, I've thought really hard about how to say this, it's less iPhone to Android. It's more iPhone to new iPhone, okay? Like new upgrade. Remember the 3GS back in the day? You remember that thing? Yeah, me too. All right. 
we, we've made some adjustments to formation groups. Let me say this. I think one of the main things that we saw with formation groups, we were so thrilled to have 60 people in them, but I think formation groups quickly became just like smaller, small groups. And I, I think next this year will be a time for a lot of you, if you're in a formation group right now that's like five to seven or so people and you're getting to know each other, you might go after this, you might go, oh, we have a connect group. And that's not a bad thing. You're not a lesser Christian. You don't lose points. There's no gold star chart. You're okay. All right? So, so that, that, that might be what some of you guys realize. Okay, we have a men's connect group or a women's connect group. Here's what a formation group is. You're going to see in this season, formation groups are something that are going to take time to be a part of. Here's what a formation group is. Formation groups are member-organized, same-gendered core groups of two to four people that commit to walking together for a season of intentional and interdependent on one another growth as disciples. Now, this should take a while. You don't show up at Solus in week one and then week two you're in a formation group and you have all these core relationships. Those are superficial. We don't want that. Take your time. Don't feel rushed. Your discipleship, it's progressive. And so, uh, and even your journey here. But over time, our vision is here at Solus, maybe through being in a connect group, is all it takes is maybe as little as you and one other person. That you develop this, like, okay, I think we've got a core thing going here. The formation group season opens up three times a year, spring, summer, fall. And here at the end of January, if you're there, if you're ready, wait. If you're not ready, wait. But if you are, you go, me and this one or two or three uh, other people, we're going to each register for formation group. And we're going to, here's what's different this time around. Last time around, formation groups were really built around the meeting. No, not this time. This time it's built around the group doing life together. That's the vision. So you would register your group, and then for the next three months, you're committing to walking together. That This looks like, if I'm in a formation group, here's what I'm committing to. I'm committing to daily at least checking in and being checked in on. I'm like, hey, you can check in on me. I'm committing to being asked hard questions and also helping others by asking those questions. I'm committing to not just show up for a group meeting, but I'm committing to doing life together. Okay? Now, Connect groups, just show, you can just show up to the meeting. It's all good. No pressure there. No, I'm going to commit to checking in on these weird people. No, you just show up. Just show up. But formation groups, if you're at this point, you go, yeah, I'm ready to commit to walking together for a season of intentional and interdependent disciples. They're going to be built, the groups are going to be built around, um, Kyle's going to be developing these really good personal questions that you'll ask each week that you'll then share with your group. If you can't meet in person with that group, once a week, we, you can even do it over the phone if you have to. So there will be a meeting, but it's more built around the community. Now, there might be a handful of questions about this as I close out our last one here in a second. Um, but we are so, so we celebrated a lot of people so far today. We got to celebrate um, fellow elder Kyle Chamberlain, who has, yeah, let's celebrate him first. <laughs> who is, okay, I just have to say what I was going to say. He's a freaking wizard, okay? <laughs> He's a stinking wizard. Like Kyle is just, he's just so uh, gifted by God to be able to take all the hurting cats of Andrew like that are running around and just actually make them make sense. So we're thankful for Kyle. He wrote an entire two-page FAQ form. I couldn't do an FAQ form. I can't do an FAQ. Kyle wrote an FAQ form. It's on our website. It's through the little app there. Make sure you check it. Most of, hopefully most of your frequently asked questions will be answered there. All right, last one. Okay, you guys good? Just lie to me. Say, yep. yep. All right, good. Vision Sunday. Let's go. Okay, last one. Last one, and let's finish out with this. We go with Jesus. It's one of my favorite definitions of the church. 
we go with Jesus as a hilltop city to love our neighbors. And let's marvel at this for a second. We are invited to join the God of the universe. It's one thing for the work of God to impact and change your life. It's a whole other thing for God to say, now come join me. And be a part of it. In your world, in your family, in your workplace. What an invitation. Isn't God so gracious and kind to invite us along with him? Isn't it awesome that being a Christian is, is, going, is taking your kids to work day every day with God? Isn't that cool? Come on, take your kids to work day. You can't lift that, but try. I'm here. Okay, good job. You know, This is the vision that God also gives us. We see Jesus talk about who the church is. There's so many places to go for this, but I love this definition of the church as a hilltop city. In Matthew 5, we know the scripture. Jesus says, you're the light of the world to his disciples. Notice this, though. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Solus Church is here in our time and place to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. This is masterful imagery here by King Jesus. First of all, he says to us individually, you are the light of the world. But then he gives this image of what happens when these individual lights gather together collectively as one, as a church. They become like a hilltop city in the night with all the lights coming out the different windows and rooms. Do you see the image in your head? That's who we are as the church. We're a hilltop city. We're a city within a city of light. And that light that's been given to us is meant to be shined. You have the light of the world before you, behind you, and within you. The greater light that we're to reflect into the world. Um, last year, we sought to let the light of Jesus shine um, through probably two primary things, and the, the things that we're going to continue this year, and that was Alpha and Outreach. Alpha was such a special time. Uh, if you don't know what Alpha is, Alpha is essentially um, a, a ministry um, that, is, that resources churches with content uh, to create spaces, uh, particularly um, non-judgmental spaces for people to come ask the big questions of life from a Christian perspective with no expectation of giving some kind of right answer. And, there, and it's purpose that way. And it's built around loving community, hospitality. We eat together. Um, and uh, it, it, was, it was a really sweet time. It's been really cool to see people that are here today that have started coming to Solus uh, through Alpha. I see Scott right there. What's up, Scott? Uh, and just a handful of others. Put you on the spot, Scott. All right? It's, that's what today is. <laughs> um, and a handful of others that have come to Jesus through just uh, creating a space where we're not here to, f- like, Jesus is compelling enough. Amen? And so we just show him, and we just and we let the Holy Spirit do his thing. Um, I'm also really excited this year as we close out um, for some of the various outreach opportunities that God has called us to. Uh, ministry to both the least and the lost in our community. We're, we're starting to build up um, kind of a catalog of, our, of local partners that we'll be serving with this year. And God has also opened up some really awesome doors for us to do outreach uh, as a church in the city this year. Uh, Easter is going to be a really special opportunity. We're excited to share about it tonight at our Seek First meeting.